0: Welcome to Love Canberra, a show about love, sex, and relationships here in the heart of the nation. I'm Ivana Ho. Daria describes herself as a bit of a geek.
1: That's one of my other big known themes is Transformers.
0: We met at her apartment one sunny Saturday.
1: People tend to flip through and say, I've never seen musical tastes quite like yours, Not, not all on one person.
0: Before we got down to business, we talked about her Transformers and she showed me her CD collection.
1: My favourite band of Madness, so much everything they've ever done got there. ABBA and Aqua next to each other there. Some J-pop or some J-scar even, okay, so a thing for ska music.
0: Daria is a researcher by day and presenter by night at a local Canberra community radio station. She's 39 years old and she's never had sex and she has no interest in changing that. As an asexual person, she's simply not interested in people that way. Daria has, however, been in a relationship before with another woman, someone who isn't asexual. Daria and I talk about that period of her life and explore what it's like to not have sexual desire in a world full of desire. High school was when Daria began to suspect that she might be asexual. At the time, however, she didn't have the words for what she was feeling.
1: Being, you know, in my early teens, 13, 14, 15, I still, in so much so thought about things, thought, oh, maybe I'm a late bloomer and I'll be interested in boys or girls or whatever sooner, soon enough. I guess at first I was kind of indifferent as in... In a bit sort of oh people are into that and i'm not i well that's going to happen sort of thing and didn't notice but as, as time went on you sort of notice that more people have boyfriends or girlfriends and you are going, i'm not and i'm not especially aware that i'm lacking one obviously i was aware i was lacking one but i didn't f- feel it as an enormous negative influence not least because i had other friends so It wasn't as if I was literally lonely.
0: I told Daria about a guy I'd spoken to who was also asexual. We'd gotten onto the topic of crushes, and he mentioned that he once had a crush on one of the boys from the TV adaptation Round the Twist. And I should add here that he was about the same age as the boy when this happened. Anyway... I asked Daria if she had ever had any crushes of her own on a fictional character or otherwise.
1: Not that I remember. The closest I can think of is... I would tend to think almost in a juvenile way now that someone was simply really cool and I wanted to be around them or sometimes even be like them. So... I suppose looking back one, say, is that a crush and I just didn't know it at the time? Or is that what I was doing instead of crushes or something between the two or something else again? I can certainly remember thinking that, um, thinking occasionally that it would be easier if I did or was able to couple up like other people because it just seemed to be the way to get along. But, That was more in a comparison to what other people were doing rather than a strong need to actually do it myself.
0: Did your friends think it was strange that you weren't coupling up or that you weren't expressing um, attraction to anyone around you?
1: The friends I had in high school thought it was, I suppose, curious more than anything else. As I got into college, it became, I suppose, much more... Known almost a a part of what people knew at me knew about me that I didn't couple that I didn't go on dates and things I had I suppose an orbit with my best friend at the time, and we did i in some ways was a lot like dating, but um also very clear that it, that it was not what we were doing and I mean part of the time they were dating someone else so
0: what about your parents though did they think oh that's weird Daria hasn't you know brought anyone home or she doesn't seem to have posters of, you know, various people she's into up on her wall and
1: and I had posters of any old things. Okay. (laughs) Um, my parents would rather I had less posters. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a problem. I think because I was the oldest child there was nothing for them to go on. And there might also have been a look, as long as our kids aren't dating, you know, we don't have to worry about what happens when your kids date.
0: It wasn't until Daria was studying at uni that the word asexuality came onto her radar.
1: I remember explaining it to a friend I only knew during university. She was fine with the concept but had not heard the word before, which was probably what I had been surely before I'd learnt the word. I probably got it from the then fresh and new world wide web. I mean, when you tell the story, it does condense and... You know, Of course, the rest of the time I was getting on with living my life and not spending the entire time thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not dating anyone today, and oh, I'm not dating anyone again today, and so on, and sort of, oh, it's, it's Tuesday, why am I not feeling sexual attraction today, same as Wednesday, and so on.
0: As with other sexual identities, people who are asexual are not asexual in the same way. There's a spectrum and different categories that different asexual people identify with. Daria said that she doesn't like to define things for the sake of defining them, but she is glad that a vocabulary for asexuality exists.
1: I think it's actually good that we have words and labels we can identify with. I do remember when I latched onto the word asexual, asexuality, and found out this is a thing, and I'm not the only person who does or doesn't, depending on your perspective, feel this way. I felt, I felt a lot better about things. This made it real. This made it identifiable. This made it something I could explore with other people, even in a sense of, oh, you're asexual too. What does that mean for you? Or what do you think makes someone asexual or not asexual? All those sort of things. It meant had something to go on, if you like. And I think it is one of the greater dichotomies of the queer community that we spend half our time saying we don't like labels and the other half of the time coming up with new things for people to call us. So I would say with the, the modern system of identities, if you will, I would be asexual demi-homo-romantic, which is a bit of a mouthful, which is one of the reasons I don't introduce myself that way. In terms of the sexuality side of it, my friend introduced a term to me, which granted she made up, vanilla A, which is just basically, you're not interested in having sex, you're not feeling attraction, you're not turned on, basically sex isn't a thing for you. I do know people who identify as asexual but close to what they call gray asexual or demisexual. and what difference there is between those I understand is a matter of ongoing discussion to put it mildly it's not really like we have an authority on queer terminology locking us into things and in fact one of my asexual friends in fact thinks you can't be asexual unless you're also a romantic she thinks that the two go together so can't be one about the other you can't be if you're Basically, she's saying, if you've got romantic feelings towards someone, you're not asexual. That's her definition of it. So that shows not only a spectrum within asexuality, but this spectrum with which people within asexuality also perceive it.
0: Was it a comfort to you to meet other people who were asexual and to kind of learn that there is um, a term... That describes your sexuality, which, you know, I guess would indicate that there are other people who also fit into that, who, who also identify that way.
1: Certainly it was a comfort. It also used to be, when I didn't have a word for it, it would take a long time to explain. And I'd have to say things like, well, you know how, like, gay people aren't into the opposite sex and straight people aren't into the same sex? It's kind of like both of the not into, only I don't have an into. And... That would be one of the shorter explanations for it, and of course this was born of other less smooth or very awkward ways to explain it, ranging from short just, oh, not interested to spilling out my whole life story unnecessarily, when probably someone just asked, are you seeing anyone at the moment? (laughs)
0: Mentioned when we caught up that there was a doctor who thought that they could cure you of your asexuality. So, when was it that this doctor came into your life?
1: Yeah, I know it does sound like it should be the setup for a porn story or something, doesn't it? Uh, that would have been also in my late teens, probably when I was crossing the crossing the maybe I'm not just a late bloomer line and. I should say, I mean, even though we're not even though we're not naming her, and I don't actually need to defend her, but I should say, in her defence she was saying this because she thought it might be a concern to me that I would not want to be you know not like the other boys and girls, uh, when she found out that I was fine of it and that either I was a very late bloomer, and things would happen or that it would not happen, and I was fine of that also. She basically said, "Oh, OK, of course, it's your, your choice and I'm not going to force you, but if you, it does become a worry, you can talk to me about it. From what little she did say, I think she was concerned that, you know, maybe some set of hormones hadn't done what they were supposed to. When I was younger, um, she might have been concerned it was sort of a more biological lack of libido. Rather than psychological or emotional or however it actually does work. And that, you know, it might have been a matter of balances or supplements or whatever to spark it off. Um, So I'm not quite sure where that would have gone because I wasn't actually interested in following it. But I can't imagine someone, I can't imagine a doctor saying that to me now, not just because I'm older and that after another 20 years you'd probably think okay she knows if she wants this or not. I don't think you'd so readily say that to someone I mean I'm certain blatantly insensitive things do happen of course but I don't think it would be so casually and warmly said to me in 2016 as it was in 1990 whatever.
0: So you mentioned the low libido and I guess I am wondering what is the difference between being asexual and having a low libido?
1: Uh, that's a good question and one, in fact, I was reading like, science stuff on a while ago. A paper's the wrong word, like a study into is this a particular endocrinological or more likely neural condition that is stopping people basically feeling turned on or attracted or however you want to put it. And because this is far closer to the present, so by this point, I'm well aware of what asexuality is and I'm actually in an asexual community or two. And actually made some people in those communities quite cross because they felt it was trying to turn asexuality into a condition that could or should be cured, as if it's a specific disease almost. That I think some of them may have reacted a bit strongly. I think there is a difference between someone who is asexual and someone who isn't but has low libido and that becomes quite frustrating for them and i suppose internally frustrating for them rather than just the thing i spoke of earlier of why am i different to everyone else so i think that sort of thing which we know can be caused by outside factors like medication and environment and all that sort of thing um that low libido can be caused by those sort of things and aren't a direct influence on the person who they definitely are inside, if you will. Mm. Whereas I think an asexual person, I mean, I don't know what happens if asexual people try like libido raising drugs or what have you, but I do, again, think there's a difference between what may be chemically induced in either direction and who you actually are.
0: Mm. I mean, I know it's hard for you to... And you probably wouldn't want to speak on behalf of too many other asexual Hmm. people, but in your experience, have you encountered many other people who are asexual who kind of wish that they weren't, who wish that they had that desire?
1: No, I've met a few others now. Mostly either they came to their awareness in a more... a more knowledgeable environment of asexuality, so even though... It's still a little bit unknown. It was still something that could be known about and found out about. Or I met them later in their life when they knew what they were about. Conversely, I've sometimes met people who were the other way around and wished they were asexual. I had a friend who, upon having created just an awkward social situation from having slept with a small number of people in an inadvisable order and in an inadvisable concurrency, shall we say, actually said, I kind of wish I was asexual like you, because then I could have just not done this stuff and I wouldn't be where I am now. I mean, whether or not you see it as a true desire to be asexual just a regret of the current situation could be debated, but I would not be surprised if there was at least some flash of, of my friend thinking, it must be simpler for asexual people not to have to grapple with these desires or get into trouble when they meet them or have their priorities blurred by a pretty face or the the prospect of a knight's conquest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think that regardless of what sexuality you are and what kind of situation you're in, your life has its own set of complexities and, you know, problems and whatever. Well,
1: not. yeah, certainly I don't think we're looking at a one-to-one exchange here. I think my friend would be perfectly capable of finding some kind of trouble were they completely asexual. It just might have been for something else.
0: A few years ago, Daria was in a relationship for 18 months with the only person she's ever had romantic feelings for. She made clear to me that these feelings were simply romantic and that they did not extend to sexual attraction. Daria met her ex through a lesbian dating website called Pink Sofa.
1: What's your sofa name it was almost like some kind of password or shibboleth between queer women.
0: <clears throat> what were you doing on Pink Sofa?
1: Um, the points that. I'd realised in myself that being asexual didn't necessarily mean being aromantic. And also that you could date people without it necessarily, you know, being the start of, you know, the great romance that transcended history. So I was like, okay, I've worked out about myself and I want to explore that and explore that with other people. So... I thought, you know, why don't I see who's out there and see if we can have some fun together, basically. You know, you can still do other dating things, like the actual dating, for a start, and still have warm and loving romantic feelings with someone if it ends up progressing to that. And what got me onto Pink Surf was, okay, let's try that and see what's out there and see if you are ready to, you know, spend time with someone or... Have fun with them, even if you're not talking about having sex, even if you're not talking about ultimately falling in love. So,
0: Did you put that you were asexual on your pink sofa
1: profile? Uh, yep, yeah, right up the front. Uh, I figured this has the potential to create misunderstanding or awkwardness or problems. I mean, not knowing what the other person's expecting out of your relationship with them is... A universal problem. So I figure this one at least is something I can clear right out the bat. So something just basically says, here's all this other stuff about me, but if you think I'm someone you'd like to have sex with, don't bother. I put it like that, it's really bigging myself up. But I think actually, so I haven't looked at my actual profile in a while, but it says something like, yeah, I'm a lesbian-oriented, asexual, I just put that right up the front and actually said in the profile, I put that right up the front so you know that.
0: Did you find it difficult meeting people who were willing to get into a relationship where um, sexual contact would either be rare or non-existent?
1: I think doing it through something like a sofa, as I said before, it means you can put it up front and the problem gets out of the way. I think if I were sort of really desperately searching then I might think not as many people are coming to me as I would like but because again I've only got my experience to go on and I wasn't doing that I didn't find it a big problem I mean there's so many other reasons not to be compatible with someone that it's it's hard to tell straight out I actually had a problem going the other way now I think about it. So I was attracted to me. I very much not so to them. And they kind of thought they could override the asexual part. And they they were having some desperate mental times of their own. Um, so I can't entirely say how they were operating, but I do know there was a lot of not so cool things going on in their life, which could have affected their... Their decision-making, it was as if... Well, they kind of were ignoring the fact that I wasn't attracted to them, too. It was if as if they sort of just proceeded blindly enough that things would configure to the way they wanted, Uh, which, again, you don't need to put asexuality on the table to know what kind of problem that's going to be for a relationship. Also, later, I realised that basically what they were saying was that um, because, and again, not putting in so many words because I had to think about it later, but essentially they were saying, because you're asexual, you don't care if people try it on with you or fill you up or further things along those lines, essentially saying, because you're asexual, you don't get to consent. And it's like realizing that in the cold light of day is pretty shuddersome.
0: You did mention this to me before, that um, that's probably the most insulting thing that you've been confronted with, this notion that because you're asexual you don't Mm. have agency or...
1: Exactly, that, yes. Uh, They were very much... I think the words they used were because you're not into this, you don't mind what I do. And it's like that's... that's, Well, even at the time I said that's wrong, it was later I realised how deeply wrong it was, in a sort of more larger and moral, not just incorrect sense, I managed to disentangle myself from them, physically and lifestyle.
0: I asked Arya what she'd liked about her ex back when they first met. I noticed that Daria's voice changed as she was describing her memories of her. Her voice took on an almost giddy quality.
1: It's almost a cliche, really. Um, she was smart. I liked me. or She She liked me. I liked her. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's she liked. My colossal ego. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we found things to talk about. We had common interests. We enjoyed being with each other, and, you know, the more we talked, we found more things to talk about and enjoy talking about, and, uh, yeah, just found out we really enjoyed being with each other, and kept wanting to be with each other more often.
0: I'm interested in sort of the delineation between having romantic feelings and having sexual feelings, and also how that sort of manifests in the context of a relationship because if you're in a r- romantic relationship then does physicality enter into it in some form
1: oh it does certainly there are things i would do with her that i would not be doing with just people who weren't her um yeah i i was not as unphysical as some people so certainly Um, embracing, kissing, um, hugging and that sort of thing Um, and general physical general physical closeness. Um, We would let each other inside our personal bubbles the way you wouldn't for regular people and the small gestures that happen between couples that Rarely happen between others, sort of, you know, just the, the small hand touching and face touching and things like that.
0: And so things never progressed in, and beyond this.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, we we tried looking at going further, but by that point, uh, well, no, not by that point. By shortly after that point, the relationship ended. So the point was the point was moot. and yeah, we tended to do a yeah a lot of basically close hugging and. Fondling doesn't quite sound like the right word, but it was not quite hugging either. It's just, every word I come up with just sounds wrong.
0: <laughs> but you had begun to explore that possibility of becoming more, um, of becoming sexually intimate. Hmm. Why was it that you guys started
1: to move in that direction? Um, what I think was a case of, what more can we do when we're together to express affection for each other? Is, is what we're doing enough for both of us, for one of us, for neither of us? Um, a kind of conversation I gather happens in many a couple. So it wasn't necessarily a case of us sitting down at dinner table and saying, OK, let's switch from no sex to sex and see how that goes. It was m- more a case of, OK, at the moment we we hug and embrace and lie together would going on for this sort of thing be too much for you or or is this not enough for you or it's not sort of one sit down conversation it was more sort of us, at least me I shouldn't necessarily speak from the inside of her head it was me because for the first time in 30 whatever years I was letting someone into that kind of physical sphere of mine which was a pretty big deal so it was exploring what I was comfortable with there we go that would be the word I was trying to find all along exploring what I was comfortable with before we went into things that just plain old were not good for me or good to me and the same in the other direction of course.
0: I'm guessing that she probably had relationships before you
1: Uh, yes, although I don't know a terrible lot about them, so...
0: Yeah. I guess it's interesting that she could have gone from situations where she was in relationships that were sexual to Mm. being in one for around 18 months, Mm. which wasn't sexual. Was she ever frustrated by that or, you know?
1: Um not so no but I think we'd also be into me speaking for her territory a lot of my memories of the ending time was is dominated by what was happening outside that eventually drew things to a close so and certainly I would guess at least that the family illness dominated a lot of her emotional content bandwidth yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so um so I think many of these conversations speculations almost got cut off before they happened. It's because of those external events.
0: So this is a fairly personal question, not that all of these aren't, mm-hmm. um, but have you ever felt sexual arousal from being with someone else, or being with your ex-partner, or watching some kind of graphic material or reading graphic material
1: no i just realized i shook my head on audio that was horrible uh no no i haven't i mean i'm not so inert that i can't tell what is supposed to trigger certain responses so it's not like as if someone showed me you know a porn movie or something i wouldn't sit there going you know is this the bit where people are supposed to get turned on or something, but yeah, my own feelings um, tend to be, tend not to get aroused or anything, it's more I don't know, it just depends on what else is in, whatever I'm whoever, what else is going on, whoever or whatever I'm seeing so you know, if, if someone is just to use a few generalisations hot and funny I might not be turned on, but I'd still be laughing about them.
0: So you've never felt sexual desire then?
1: No, not not that I'm aware of. Um, this is what my friend means when she says vanilla A, sort of in her terms, someone who doesn't feel sexual arousal or attraction or... i my leg again. Sexual arousal or attraction or desire or any of it, it's just basically plain or not interested across the board I guess at the far end scale you're people who are demisexual who will explore themselves in far different ways or some people just find asexuality only in terms of not feeling attraction but will include their ability to feel desire within that and as you said before I couldn't presume to speak for the entire asexual population but um, for myself, it's very much a, it just doesn't happen, sort of thing. So everything is made of the the rest of my emotions and sensations.
0: Although Daria isn't interested in having sex, she is interested in sex academically. As part of this, she's a member of the ACT branch of the sex geekdom community, which you'll hear referenced later on in our conversation. I asked Daria about her anthropological interest in the subject.
1: It is one of the few things where, you know, people have passed laws and strong laws about what kind of sex people get up to, even if it is literally not affecting anyone but person in question but they pass laws prohibiting that there's not many other realms where that sort of thing happens um most other laws are based on what you're doing to some to someone else one of the first academic things to describe is that it has so many practices and variants it's it's almost like an entire subfield of anthropology in itself um there is a book which is normally sitting on the shelf beside behind you but i must have cleaned it up somewhere which is literally an a to z of words ending in philia and it's got some of the ones we all know but there's really specific ones like there is a word for people who are like turned on by a partner who is injured but getting better but not a partner who's injured but not getting better and it's like what set of feelings has such specific triggers so to Explore that, and again, I say the great motivator again, it is and it is such a thing that so many people do or want to do, but we're also incredibly reluctant to so much as mention it in most forms of polite society. Again, why is that? Why is it it again one of the few things that holds that position where it is right at the top of things we think about, but right at the bottom of things we talk about? So, I could bang on about all the things about it that fascinate me even though I don't do it all day and I don't know if it's because I don't do it that it levels the perception playing field for me or if it's because I don't do it that I inherently know less and want to learn more or something else again. Yeah so
0: sex is quite this force and it does pervade our daily lives and it also pervades a lot of our culture Mm. as someone who isn't asexual this all feels fairly normalized to me and it's sort of just part of the background and I don't really notice it but Mm. being asexual is this something that you really notice when you're consuming
1: fiction? Consuming fiction certainly especially because so many characters are sexually motivated or defined I mean I suppose sometimes it's plain—it's just plain old romantically motivated, and there's that divide again. But because I don't live under rock, I am sort of at least aware of how sex works in broad terms. So sometimes you're taking in some fiction, be it reading, watching, whatever else, and characters who are supposed to have some grand, noble motivation—you know, solving a crime, saving the world, whatever—they get diverted off to. Pursuing sexual interests, or just look at James Bond. However, he he stops from saving us from the Soviets to have a quick roll in the hay, and there's a part of you going, "Could you not?" Because like, there's you know, there's a bomb you got to defuse, and this this is taken however long it's taking, and you know that they, they just murdered three more people, so it it does it does occasionally create that same disconnect of of priorities, so you occasionally wonder why fictional people and well real people now and again get so thrown off mission by by the call of sexuality and why they're so strongly compelled to have sex beyond all else when you've seen enough fiction you know, you just become adjusted to the fact that this is something that people do of course it's not as if I can't com- comprehend that you know people in fiction things do do this it just doesn't always make sense to me especially if they're, especially if it's some kind of crisis narrative, that they would do so.
0: So I don't know if this is going to come off sounding insulting. I really hope it doesn't, because that's not intended that way. But in sort of seeing that sex is all pervasive, and that it does motivate a lot of people to do crazy things, do you sort of wonder if you are kind of missing something? Or do you kind of think, well, you know, if I were to try that, how would that feel? And maybe it is Something that is potentially really great that I'm that I'm kind of missing out on in any kind of way?
1: Well yes and no, because it's not as if I don't know other people like it. I've been at this long enough to accept that it's simply something other people like and I don't, to put it in very simple terms. You know, occasionally I do think maybe if I was alosexual also then the whole structure of the world around sex would seem to make more sense to me. But I've also been exposed that long enough that I know that it kind of doesn't make sense to me in a way that makes sense, if that (laughs) is any kind of logic. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not as if I feel like I'm missing out. Occasionally, it's more like I miss something, as in... I literally don't pick up on it or something or like a rather comical example was um, I was listening to a, a trans woman talk about the various kinds of hormone medication she was on and already knew that her wife was opposed to any kind of transition for whatever reason and some kind of reluctant negotiation was being described. But she was talking about the kinds of hormones she may or may not take and she said something like and i still want to be able to satisfy my wife and when off the conversations like about a paragraph later i go oh satisfy <laughs> having not quite worked out that this was sort of satisfying inverted commas meaning you know screw <laughs> whereas i initially just assessed it as satisfy me the first satisfaction in the context of this discussion (laughs) I mean now I just find that kind of amusing when that happens occasionally sometimes I will miss stuff because people are talking in a context that I don't necessarily live in all the time and sometimes it's funny sometimes I just have to ask what they mean Um, I mean if you're in a group like Sex Geek then the whole thing is revolving around asking people what they mean for such things so that's not a problem there in fact some of some of my friends from that group are more surprised I only saw Force Awakens once in the cinema than that I went for 39 years about sex. So <laughs> make of that what you will. I think that, that's, that's the sort of person I have no trouble being around.
0: Love, Canberra is written and produced by me, Ivana Ho. The intro and outro music is by Proleteur. Some of the interstitial music is courtesy of Poddington Bear. If you like the show, you can follow me at Podcast, or leave me a rating and review in iTunes. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can write to me at lovecanberapodcast at gmail.com. On the next episode of Love Canberra...
1: I do believe that there are more than one potential person in the world for pretty much everyone um I don't necessarily believe that I've met all the people that I could potentially be with at this point in my life and I'm perfectly happy to wait at this stage until the right person comes along and if my fate has it that in the next months or years I meet the right person then I'm perfectly happy to consider getting into a you know a serious relationship Um, But that may not happen for 10 or 20 years even until I meet uh, the right person for me. And um, in the meantime, I'm not at all bothered by the uh, thought that
0: that may not be now. That's next time on Love, Canberra. Thanks for listening.